From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop? It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. Companies that set out to change the world should stand for something, something that matters. For Tanium, it was managing and protecting the world's growing number of endpoints. Tanium empowers organizations to embrace digital transformation and change the way people both work and live. They help critical government agencies see what's coming, protect and defend five branches of the U.S. military, and more than half of the Fortune 100 rely on Tanium to manage and secure their critical assets. To learn more, visit Tanium.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. (music) 
Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're proudly coming to you through the leader in paranormal broadcasting, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring all of our relations. As a species, we're in the middle of a crisis larger than we've faced in recorded history. We've gotten too big for our britches. We've compensated our numbers by robbing Peter to pay Paul until we're about to go bankrupt on all fronts. We're a pushy race. We've pushed our economy, giving it artificial shots in the arm until soon we'll no longer be able to sustain itself. We've pushed medical science until we're so reliant upon drugs, the amount spent on pharmaceuticals and health care is staggering. We've pushed our birth rate and life expectancy until the planet can no longer sustain our numbers. The growing population makes feeding all of us a challenge, so we push our plants through hybridizing and genetic modifications. We push our soil with chemical fertilizers, combat insects with pesticides, all with no regard to the long-term effects of the toxic soups we're creating. We compromise all of our Earth relations by our overgrown presence and disregard for the well-being of the natural world. All other life cooperates with the natural order. All of our relations maintain a balance in numbers, until now, when human habitat encroachment threatens the continuance of many species. Many of us are blissfully unaware we're about to hit a brick wall. If we don't rein ourselves in and find other options, the natural world will eventually make the correction for us and glean the human herd. We can all find someone to blame, be it developers, oil companies, farmers, or politicians. But unless we each take responsibility for our part, and believe you me, we all have one, no lasting solution can be found. Instead of polarizing against each other and pointing the finger, we need to work together, finding new solutions to problems we've unwittingly created. About a month ago, I interviewed a beekeeper who is so much more than meets the eye. In the course of our episode, it became clear he was not only a generational beekeeper, but a remarkable individual in a position to offer leading-edge information about the current state of affairs. He brings to light a situation none of us can afford to ignore. During the course of the hour, we barely scratched the surface of the monumental issues at hand, Bees are literally dropping dead, downed by an invisible agent. While we do need our bees to make honey and pollinate our crops, the problem is much larger than the bees. What these tiny industrious relations are pointing out is a much more wide-ranging problem that must be addressed for the continuance of us all. Once I recognized the depth of the man's knowledge, his altruistic nature, and the value of his message, I asked him to come back for a second episode and share more with us. He has generously agreed. As a result, we're about to embark on part two of the Science of Magic episode on stewardship, 
all of our relations. Our returning guest, George Scott, is an environmental and agriculture entrepreneur, a committed advocate for farmers, livestock producers, and independent family businesses. George has run a series of successful environmentally focused businesses, including chemical and soil remediation, irrigation systems, wind and solar generation, and beekeeping. As a registered beekeeper for more than 25 years, George is a passionate advocate for beekeeping as a critical component of Ontario's agricultural success now and in the future. He's a member of the Niagara Beekeepers Association. George founded the Niagara Bee Way, dedicated to the protection and preservation of Niagara honeybee population. George is a patent holder for the Vertical Wind Axis Turbine, a unique technology that won the prestigious Niagara Entrepreneur Year of the Award. After this commercial break, I'll introduce George, and together we'll explore some grave modern-day problems we all face and the solutions to be found through cooperating with all of our relations. This is timely information. is very impactful to us all, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, 
and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is George Scott, founder of the Niagara Beeway, dedicated to the production and preservation of Niagara honeybee populations. George is an environmental and agricultural entrepreneur and a committed advocate for farmers, livestock producers, and independent family businesses. His website site is niagarabeeway.com. George, thank you for once again joining us on the Science of Magic. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here this morning. So would you mind sharing with us how you got into beekeeping in the first place? Well, I think I got dragged into it because every generation of my family, as far as we can go back to the cave, produced one of two things, either a Irish Roman Catholic priest or a beekeeper. And since I never heard the word from the big guy up above, I'm a beekeeper. And uh, most of this technology came down to me when I was in my early teens from my uncle, who happened to be both a Roman Catholic priest and a beekeeper. And as a teenager, I wish I would have listened a little bit more while he was teaching me because he had the old system where nothing was ever written. And uh, those songs and limericks and things that helped him to do his beehive maintenance are technology that's really been replaced today by Google Video, and I miss those. We've tried to recover a lot of those old teach by singing, teach by poetry, teach by storytelling, and much of that has disappeared because it just is being outcompeted by the uh, the Google way of doing things. That's amazing because that's totally the shamanic way and a lot of the indigenous ways is teaching through the stories and the stories are so carefully preserved and repeated. Um, you know, what happens when the lights go out, right? Oh, exactly. You know, uh, and those things, although many of those techniques for beekeeping have needed to be replaced, needed to be refreshed, were replaced with the new equipment, uh, beekeeping is going through a major metamorphosis right now because of the new conditions that we're facing that our grandparents and our great-grandparents never faced, they never even thought of. They never even thought that chemical pesticides would play a big role in knocking them out of business, really, knocking down their environment, changing the whole landscape. The, The situations that we're facing right now are not things that we can go back in the past and take our lessons from there and say, this is the answer because those answers are not apparent yet. Yeah, we've created we must new- dig in a little bit deeper and find those answers, and that's what we're doing here in Canada right now, is finding the answers, not laying blame on people who make pesticides. We're just trying to find a way of adapting to these new and changing situations. 
You know, for our guests just joining us on this episode, would you mind doing a recap on the importance of the honeybees? What role do they play in, in our big scheme of things? Well, there are a number of things, and also this is really increased in in our current time. Right now, the main reason that we know so much about bees is because we make money from them. We make honey, we make wax for candles, we make medicines from them, and they provide a very essential strategic service for our agricultural sector, and that's called pollination. And pollination is the bees visiting the plants, mostly our vegetable and fruit plants, and what they do is they make the fruit. They take the pollen and put it onto the part that's going to become an apple or going to become an orange or going to become a pecan or going to become a um, broccoli or a raspberry or a blueberry. And in that work, as they behave like bees do, um, that's what improves our efficiency on those plants. Many plants need an insect. They've always depended on an insect in order to make high levels of high-quality fruit. But in pollination, it isn't so much a service that the bees are providing. Pollination, to, if you were to say that to a bee, it wouldn't make any sense to him because what he's really doing, or she, is feeding their young. Pollination is the act of going out and collecting that pollen and nectar. And the only time that they go and do that is when they have young. So feeding their young is the condition that we try to manufacture as behavior manipulators, as beekeepers, that's what we are. We change their behavior so that they have lots of young, so that they're very healthy colonies, so that they want to go out and visit every single plant, every flower that they can, and then we prosper because several days later or months later, we get to pick our raspberries, we get to pick our strawberries, and the yield improvements are more than double. If wow. you're a blueberry grower, you're looking at blueberries just by the wind and other insects and other things. A acre will make you about $4,000 worth of blueberries. If you put bees in there, your $4,000 of yield goes to $12,000. The value of bees to a blueberry guy is a business. That is a, that is a real business decision. Not having them is like removing labor from anything that you do. And it's a very highly efficient labor some things that other insects just can't do. That's why bees have survived today with man. Bees are more than 50 million years old without change. We have learned how to adapt them, how to feed them, how to take care of them over winter, how to move them around without really damaging them. Now we're running into some new conditions here today where we are interfering with their young. We are adding an insecticide into their equation and in there, it has changed everything. And year after year, we are getting smarter at this. If you go to our nagrabeeway.com website and click on the insecticide section, which is the new one, the neonicotinoids, and you scroll down, you'll see a brand new video that we just put there. It is the summary of what happened in the past 12 months, the 2016 summary. And it's a video, it's an easy listen to, but it will tell you exactly what's happening here with bees. And um, these are the best people I believe in the world. Um, one is from, I believe, Scotland, and the other one is from the US. And they summarize the entire world of honeybees. And this is something that is, uh, we can confirm here in Niagara, that exactly what they're talking about is exactly what's happening to us. So we are not in conflict with this type of report. 
we're really supporting as small regional beekeepers here in Canada. Uh, we're supporting exactly what the big bee researchers uh, are saying, that their experience and the way they've eloquently put it down into a video um, is exactly what's happening. So I would say that rather than letting me turn your ear into cauliflower talking about it, at your leisure, clicking on to that video, uh, we'll give you a fairly comprehensive education in what's really up to date uh, today uh, in the bee industry. And that's on your website, niagarabeeway.com? Yeah, just go to the neonicotinoid section and scroll down a little bit and you'll see the 2016 bee experience. Click on that and it will run a little video for you and uh, you'll hear a couple of gentlemen talking and that will really uh, educate you as to what the most current issues are and really it priorizes them so that you're not really worried any longer about is your cell phone hurting the bees? Um, is it climate change? Is it uh, loss of habitat? Um, this little video will help you to focus in on it, uh, as well as we are putting the actual technical studies on that were published in November 2016 from Environment Canada. And on there, it's a little bit more technical, but it will give you the most up-to-date data as to what's happening in bees. So you're not three years behind schedule. And that really is the objective of Niagara Bee Way. It's all about awareness. It's not to blame the farmers, but how to go into your own household and say, what am I doing here in my household that's demanding the production of these insecticides? I'm demanding these strawberries. I'm demanding the groceries. I'm demanding these prices. I'm demanding these things here. And that forces the farmers then to use these particular chemicals. It's all about consumer demand. If there was no consumer demand, farmers would not be using these chemicals. There would be no residual in our waterway. It isn't the farmers who are to blame. It's our demand and our consumption. And that's all about awareness, because if you don't know, how can you ever make change? So that is really the mission of Niagara Bee Way, not just to do our planting, not just to teach the young apprentices, not just to improve the successional nectar provision, but to make the average person who's living in the household understand that his household sprays, uh, the foods that he's eating, the services that he's demanding are the cause of the problem. And that way he can make some choices because our lives are all about choices. If you Isn't can that... choose one way or another, if you know that there is a choice, then that's a cognizant choice of how you want your environment to be. And I think that that's been missing ever since the introduction of DDT. People didn't understand about DDT. It had to have a government step in. In this particular case of neonicotinoids, I believe it must be a consumer step in. I don't believe that the government or the chemical companies or the farmers will step up and say anything because the market is demanding it. We as consumers are the cause of this problem. So if we're, as consumers, part of the problem, we end up voting with our dollar, is that what you're seeing is going to change the issue? I guarantee you, if you go into a nursery to buy plants to plant in your backyard to make a butterfly garden, and you see the nursery's beautiful plants, not a chewed leaf on them at all, and you ask the nursery seller, right at the cash register, while you've got your money out in your hand, you ask him, has this plant been treated with neonicotinoids? Did you dip the soil in here? Did you spray neonicotinoids onto the plant that I'm about to buy and move to my home? 
if the cash register girl, who you know doesn't know the answer to this question, if she says, wait a minute, I'll get the technician, and she brings out the grower from the nursery or the buyer, and they say, yes, it has been treated, and you put your money back in your pocket and walk out of the store, I guarantee you the next time the buyer goes to buy plants from his wholesaler, from the greenhouses that make these plants, he will now insist on neonicotinoid-free. You have solved the problem by putting your money back in your pocket. You're not sending your money to Niagara B-Way so that we can lobby for you. You have made a cognizant choice to say, I don't want to have neonicotinoids inadvertently placed into my backyard. I don't want to have a plant like that. I want to go to a nursery that supports this without that particular chemical. If that means I have to pay five cents more for a plant that I know that's safe, I'm willing to pay that five cents more. And, and, and that is the equation for success. You walk in there into the grocery store and you put your broccoli on that little rubber belt that's moving up to the cash register girl, and you ask the cash register girl as you're checking your groceries, is neonicotinoid present in my broccoli? And you know the cash register girl cannot answer your question. She cannot answer that question. So she we calls have to the go, produce manager. We have to go to the people that can answer the question. Um, but how, how much, how, I have about a little less than a minute left here. How many of us do you think it's going to take doing that to start to make a difference? I don't know, 20 people went into the grocery store in Burlington after I made a presentation there, and the cash register girl hit the button and said to the produce manager on the speaker, we've got another one here. <laughs> I love it. We're going to have to take that promise break. George and I will return to our discussion on the flip side. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic. TheScienceOfMagic.net. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. There are more revelations to come, so don't you go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics 
from astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition. We'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is George Scott, beekeeper and environmental and agricultural entrepreneur. George, would you mind bringing us up to date a little bit? Um, we understand the bees are in trouble, but what? why are they in trouble? What's really going on? Well, I would say that uh, uh, right now most of the blame is being pasted. Onto bees are dying because of viruses and bacteria. 
That's what's killing bees. And, and they're absolutely right. And those are being really distributed by an insidious little mite, like a flea on a bee. And that mite is called the varroa mite. And it travels from colony to colony. It rides on bees from one box to another as bees visit other colonies. And every time it bites into the bee, it administers almost a lethal dose of viruses and bacteria that kill bees. However, the problem that we really have here, now that we looked at that, because we have the varroa under control now, and we've had the varroa for quite a while, it is the varroa in combination with neonicotinoid chemistry. What's happening here to the bees and how the bees actually die from this chemical is not so much like they start choking like they're getting mustard gas in a war, but what they get is an immune pull down. It's almost like um, in a ward in the hospital where people are dying of pneumonia, you try to find a cure for the pneumonia, but you find out that all those people have AIDS. It isn't <laughs> yeah. the pneumonia that's killing them, it is the virus and bacteria. So it is true that most bees are dying from viral and bacterial attacks, but they could always fight those off. And every bee we've ever tested has every single one of those viruses so and bacteria. So it's, so it's the but, immune system problem, but the immune system problem is being caused by the neonicotinoids. What are those? Who produces them? And what's being done about it? Well, you're talking about the big boys here now. You're talking about chemical companies here who are the largest in the world. So Bayer Crop Sciences or the Bayer Corporation, which is a fine company. They make many wonderful products, and I've really got nothing bad to say about them. They are the manufacturer and distributor of the predominant neonicotinoids. Um, they are so big, they just bought Monsanto. They're over $6 billion in sales of neonicotinoids. So this isn't a B item. This is one of the biggest chemicals being released in our environment today. Not many people know that. Number two would be Syngenta, another fine company. Um, I believe the Chinese just bought them. I don't know, but they turned down the bid for $45 billion. I don't even think I can count that high. But, what, but what these, are the, these are the biggest companies in the world. What all effect are these chemicals having on not just the bees, but on people? Do we even know? And why is it being created if we don't know? Um, I have been to public health here in Niagara. They are doing a literature search currently. That is their promise to us. That kind of just kicked us out of the room. But really what's happening now is you have to look to other countries. Um, here in Niagara, there is no equipment. None of the doctors I've talked to could even identify what a negative exposure to too much neonicotinoids. If you're a farmer and you have it splashed all over you or it goes in your well and you drink it for two days and you come in the hospital, there is no doctor here in Niagara that can identify the problem, first of all, from the symptoms. And number two, even if he sent you to the lab to be tested, there is no lab in Niagara that can test for this to even identify it at its lethal level. So it could be there in a lethal amount, but there is no equipment to tell you that it's there because it's too new. So if basically, you look at the Japanese experience, go ahead. So basically, we're creating, or the chemical companies are creating, chemicals, and we're being used as guinea pigs to figure out what it actually does. Well, this is not the first time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when I talk to farmers on this issue, they kind of yawn at me and say, George, this is old hat. We've been through 
uh, approved chemistries that are no longer approved, approved for our use here on the farm, which are now absolutely banned. So it is the normal progression for many of these products to start to be introduced, and then as consumers become aware of the negatives of it, those negatives far outweigh the positives, and those chemicals are banned. And we're talking about not one or two, we're talking about hundreds. So this is an, a normal educational step forward. You release a toxin in there, and you find out it kills all the eagles and all of the geese. And you discontinue using it because you value those creatures. What's happening now is we're now capable, because of our efficient distribution, we can get a neonicotinoid insecticide spread across this planet in a 10-year period, unlike ever before in the history of man. And that is scary. You know, I, I come from a long line of police officers and pilots. And my uncle and several other family men members were crop dusters, you know. And they sprayed, among many other things, DDT. To a one, they, even though they're not genetically related, mind you, they came down with MS. Now, I've also had numerous Native American teachers and friends that were doused with DDT when they were put in the orphanages. They also ended up with MS. So what are we looking at with this neonicotinoid thing? What, what, what's starting to show up with it? Well, let's look at the chemical itself. What does it really do? It is a neurotoxin. So it is after your nervous system. The same nervous system that a human being operates is the same nervous system that a bee or an insect operates on. And what this chemical does is it, it migrates very quickly to the nervous system. And let's say, for lack of a more comprehensive scientific term, it paralyzes your nervous system. So that's exactly what's happening here. But at small doses, this product, and where I would really like to see more study time, is in those neurological disorders that we're seeing here in Niagara. The, since this chemical was introduced in almost all of our food and now it's in our water, our incidence of Alzheimer's-style um, dementia diseases in our old people has skyrocketed. Our neurological disorders with our children, let's call those, for lack of a better term, ADHD or autism spectrum disorder, which is a very broad, broad word. Since the introduction of these chemicals in so much of our food, almost 70% of our food is treated with this. Since then, you know, when I was in school, we had two or three children who had ADHD problems in the entire school. Now we've got two or three kids per classroom. It's That's rampant. what's happening now. It's and rampant. we want and to see more studies on that. So do you think this stuff has a cumulative effect? Like um, the more you eat, does it kind of hang out in your system and start to build critical mass? Well, certainly it does in bees. Certainly it does, and that's how it is designed. Once it attaches to that section of your nervous system, that, set, that system doesn't work anymore. So our nervous systems on a human being are quite broad, and we can rewire. Many people are injured and have to rewire and learn how to walk again, learn how to talk again. Uh, a stroke would be an excellent example of how you've lost one section, but all of a sudden you can fight back and you can learn how to do it again. Uh, neonicotinoids are designed to do that. Neonicotinoids are designed to knock out those sections of your nervous system or of the insect's nervous system. And many people say, well, you don't have to worry about this because this is at such a low dose, it can't hurt you. So, you know, you are a larger than a bee, you are a human being, 
However, this chemical is only going to go to your nervous system. That's where it's going to go. And it's water soluble. So it's in your blood. You're digesting this thing and it's going into your blood. Does it hang there or do we, do we have a way of getting rid of it? It attached, once it's attached to your nervous system, it's not going anywhere. That's what I was afraid of. This is one of the few chemicals that can pass through a very, because man has this, we have evolved. It's called the blood brain barrier, which means you can have a bad gash on your leg out in the middle of the wilderness and it can become infected and you can be dying. You can't walk anymore. You can't move anywhere. However, it doesn't affect your brain. You can still pull your cell phone out and call for a medical helicopter and you're saved. The blood-brain barrier stops that infection from going in the blood, in your leg, in your circulation, in your muscles. It doesn't reach your brain, so you can still think your way out of a problem. So, However, with this chemical, it passes through that barrier. If, if, this, is, if this is passing through the blood-brain barrier, I mean, very few things do that. If it can actually pass through the blood-brain barrier, hang out in our brain, why is it being used? If we know this, why is it being used? Well, I think like many chemicals, we just don't have that negative reporting data from the incidence of problems. And where it does come up, it's being very controversial, fought over. You'll hear things like, no, the biggest problem in bees is the varroa mite. Well, the biggest problem isn't that. But if you are told that, your awareness now is skewed. You are no longer capable of making a decision. You're going to go to the nursery. Like you mentioned, this is a multi-million dollar industry. How much of that skewed perception is being intentionally propagated? Oh, there's a lot of literature written on that. You know, uh, I come from the chemical industry. I'm a formaldehyde guy. I've been the president of a multinational chemical corporation since 1996. We have a way of twisting everything around so it works our way, because if we don't do that, we're out of business. So when we sell formaldehyde and we tell you that it's good for you, that's because it's good for us. And that's no different from anyone who's in the chemical business, whether you're making an insecticide or a gasoline additive, you want to say that it is safe. And in some cases it's safe because there is no absolute controversial science on it because you take steps to suppress that. That That's the most effective way. And as as man, as mankind, <laughs> that's what we've done throughout our entire history. Well, we don't we're about know, to say it's okay. <laughs> we're about to run out of history, aren't we? You know, if if there's if there's no data though to say of the negative effects, how how can you prove it? Well, if you keep taking all of your scientists and giving who are starting to investigate, say, the effect of neonicotinoids on children. And uh, because you are a billion-dollar corporation, you give that scientist a new job in a different university with a million-dollar salary, you've just gotten rid of $2 million worth of negative advertising by giving people good jobs in different fields. And I have seen that over and over again. I've had even my best testing staff cannibalized in that method. I've lost people who... Um, had excellent jobs, uh, a great reputation. They were given offers from other companies and they were scooped away. And all of a sudden, the neonicotinoid research lost its top person. And that's not uncommon. That's very common. So uh, are, are the, that's a problem. So the, are they being purchased away? 
Um, are you saying the scientists are, are can be can be bought? What's going on there? Many of the um, top people in the chemical company become the regulators. So if I say I work for any one of these top companies uh, in insecticide production in a senior management area, that means I'm making a lot of money, and all of a sudden I become I'm sorry, the we're, top. We're going to have to leave this on a cliff and pick up on the other side. It's time for another break. George and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. We're brought to you daily by the leader in paranormal, spirituality, and alternative health program, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Do you have unanswered questions about your life? Do you have unanswered questions about the world you live in? Have you ever had a hunch or gut feeling that something is definitely true? Have you thought that spirit guides are helping you along your path in life? Have you ever thought to ask questions to your spirit guides? Do you wonder what your spirit guides' names are? Do you want to know about your past lives? Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina is a new radio show that will surprise and amaze you and will answer your questions. For more information on when and how you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Also visit lightworkers.cc for more information. For the complete broadcast schedule of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? 
Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is George Scott, beekeeper and environmental and agriculture entrepreneur. George, uh, the more we talk here, the more my head's going around in circles because we have, um, it seems like a bit of a dilemma. We have um, consumers that would ultimately, like you say, have the power to choose or not to choose to use a product, which drives sales, which drives money, which drives the product. However, we have information that the consumers aren't being given that's intentionally being covered up, apparently. Um, and so we can't make informed decisions. What, what do you see as a solution here? Um, once again, if you go to our NagraBWay.com website and you go to the neonicotinoid section, if you scroll down to, I believe, the second video, it's called We Want to Know. This was one of the motivating videos. It was put together by a classroom of high school students at Centennial in Welland. That's in Niagara. And what they told me was, how come we can't find, if this stuff is so safe, how come we can't find how much is in our cornflakes? This is used on corn. It makes better corn. Why can't we find out how much of this chemical is in our cornflakes? And we want to know. We can find out how to tie a tie at Thanksgiving. We can Google anything. But when we Google this, there's no information at all. We want oh. to know was the theme as to why we are now stepping into this public awareness situation with you to talk to people and get them to ask that question. We want to know what the content is. So, so the first step... The first step is to demand the information that we do not have. The step even before that is recognizing we don't have all the information. 
Exactly. I don't care about cholesterol and salt. I don't care about fat or trans fats. I'd like to know how much pesticides in there. Not to have someone testing 3% of the food, like our food inspection agency, 3% of the food coming in here. Why does everybody tell me how much salt I'm putting in my diet when I'm really interested in some of the other chemicals that may have reasons why I wouldn't buy that food or feed it to my children? Hey, George, if we eat organically, are we assured that we're avoiding this stuff? Unless you test it. The term organic is so broad and so unrefined, and the test methodology for detecting this is impossible. I could sell you organic everything and have a high content of uh, these insecticides, and there's no way that that would ever come back onto me as a liability, ever, As as a grower, as a seller, as a profiter. Wow, we've got one big modern mess going, it sounds like. How important are chemicals in farming? I mean, how, how, how necessary is this? Well, many people are scratching their heads now saying, do we really need this? And here in Waynefleet, I have talked to many of the grain growers, and the beekeepers and grain growers, we're not in conflict here. We're neighbors. And some of the neighbors have gone and said, uh, you know, I've asked them, I said, how important is that to you? And they say, well, we've had good success with this. And I said, well, have you ever tested the soil to see what happens or what the residual is or if there's already what you bought over the last 10 years, if there's enough in that field that you don't have to buy it anymore? And they said no. So I said, well, why don't you try out of your 5,000 acres, why don't you try 100 acres and don't use this material and see if you have any losses? They didn't use it and they didn't notice the difference. Wow. So it isn't critical to our farming. You know, this is only 10 years old, and there wasn't like a lack of farming previous to this point. And millions and billions of people have been fed by farming without this chemical before it was invented. And this isn't the last chemical in our lifetimes that we're going to face. So to say that anything is critical and our farmers will be all bankrupt, I'm not sure that's true. And I would support this more, this chemical, if all of our farmers were making millions and millions of dollars more by using it, but they're not. Well, let's go back They're to the not. bees. Let's go back to the bees a little bit. You know, we've heard about um, the cell towers and the wind turbines, all, uh, turbines also affecting them. How, what percentage is, does that have effect on the bees? They're not even related. That, that, that's not even related. That's like that's like someone saying uh, Eskimos build igloos that's damaging to people in Los Angeles. It, they're they're not related. They're not. There is no effect of a wind turbine. And it's one megawatt of power on a honeybee or a colonization. There, there is no effect. No honeybees are located within there. No honeybees would locate and colonize in a wind turbine. It just, that just doesn't happen. It is not convenient for them. They avoid that. It's like you wouldn't have a nursery on a highway. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Let the kids play in the traffic, happen. right? <laughs> right. Speaking of which, you're uh, a patent holder for the vertical axis wind turbine. What drew you to develop it, and how does it work? Well, it's very much more efficient than a propeller. The problem with the wind turbine industry, as we saw it, is big is beautiful because you can make a megawatt. However, what we found was having something that ran more consistently and was attached to your home, especially here in rural Niagara. Uh, something the equivalent of a two- or a four-horsepower motor that gave you electricity was enough to run about 80% of everything that you do, your freezing, your uh, microwave, your communication systems, uh, recharging your car, your batteries. 
um, a little four horsepower wind turbine was adequate to do all that. Not take you off the grid, but certainly enough to accentuate or reduce your, uh, your hydro bill here. Well, how, how do they compare to the uh, propeller turbines? What's the difference? Well, they're, uh, they're more efficient. So they start up at a lower wind speed and they have a capability of transforming from one phase into another. So they move in from like a, what they call a Savonius and they move into a different type. They are shape shifting to take advantage of the wind. And they're much safer. You could walk, uh, an eight year old kid could climb up a tower and touch it at full speed and it would only repel him versus an eight year old kid climbing up on the tower of a propeller, it would cut his hand off. So we like the safety aspect, we like the efficiency aspect, but the corporation now has moved away from that because wind power generation has really come under a negative light here in Niagara. The the market for wind generation, even though they spent over $300 million in the last two years, the whole outlook and the sales for wind turbines are not profitable for the corporation. So we are not promoting that any longer. It is... uh, you know, you're talking about a four or $5,000 piece of equipment that's equivalent to the production of your lawnmower motor. So we don't believe that there is a future in that type of wind turbine uh, efficient, regardless of how good it is today. Um, there are many other ways of getting around it. There may be five or six years from now a big change. But as we see it today, we have much more profitable things to do as a corporation and much more societal benefiting things. We, we can bring some better organic solutions, and that does take money, and it does take people. And that's where we're devoting all of our people. Many of our people now, we are scavenging them out of the chemical company, and we're putting them into Niagara B-Way because they are the best people. And we want the Niagara B-Way really to succeed in the years ahead. We're looking at building a $5 million facility here in order to promote, in order to make people aware in order for kids of the future to be able to understand bee parts, bee pests, bee products, bee proud, bee behavior, <laughs> we want to be able to teach those things. And that's why we're committing this now. And, uh, you know, it's big for us to commit, you know, $5 million and a year's work to put a facility in here. But that's something that we feel has been done in other places in the world very successfully. And we feel that there'll be a very good uh, margin of success for us. And uh, we believe that this project has merit. So you also founded an L3K, a non-for-profit corporation, focused on environmental preservation and native species protection. Um, Is this the same company and are the goals the same there? Not at all. That was our first step. When we first stepped into this whole area, what we wanted to do, what we saw was really the loss of habitat. And the foundation was brought in before the release of neonicotinoids. So it is older. And what we were doing is we recognized right away that uh, once we were finished pollination services and the apple trees and the cherry trees and then the other things that we do, we all of a sudden hit August when it's very dry here in Niagara and the bees had no food. We weren't growing clover flowering during that time. We weren't growing any crops there. So the bees started to eat their own honey just to stay constant. And that set them all back. So L3K's design was to look at areas, to look at the vegetation, 
and to make sure that there were things flowering not just in the early spring, mid-spring, late spring, but in the early summer, mid-summer, late summer, early fall. So well, we're, the bees we're about always to, had. We're about to run out right. of time, and I want to ask you, George, do you really think we can turn this thing around? What will it take? Do you think oh, we can abs- do it? Absolutely. I think we've faced worse challenges as humanity, but I think this is all about decisions. It's all about well-being. It's all about the real information without it being disguised. And a radio program like yourself is the only way to do it. No one else is going to step up and do what you are doing right now. The penalties are too high. You are fighting a $6 billion sale with your microphone. You need help. You need people to know this. You need people to agree that this is a right thing or a wrong thing. And they need to make decisions. And together, we will solve this problem. Mm, That is the key, isn't it? Together. Together. Thank you so, so much for being on the Science of Magic. It's been a pleasure once again. And you keep up the good work, sir. Our guest this hour has been beekeeper George Scott, an environmental and agricultural entrepreneur and a committed advocate for farmers, livestock producers, and independent family businesses. George's website is niagarabeeway.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you seek solutions that best serve all concerned. Tonight.